Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Student Pages podcast. Uh, my guest today is an actor, a dancer, a comedian. Uh, it's London Brown. How are you, London? Hey man, everything is everything. How are you, bro? I'm alright. I'm good. Have you ever been yeah. to the UK before? Yes, I mean, I, I love the UK actually, man. It's, it's really dope and uh, it's one of my favorite cities personally. But I, I want to actually get back there so I can, because uh, I do photography. So I like to get back there and uh, photograph the city this time. When I was there last time, I didn't have my camera like that. So I miss it. What were you doing when you were here, when you were here last time? Uh, last time I was there, I was touring with Chris Tucker as his opener doing stand-up comedy. So I, we were there. We, we did Manchester Burns and then we did London. So it was dope, man. Amazing. That must have been dope. What's that like being on the road with Chris Tucker? You know, he's a, he's a cool guy, nice guy. The fact that he even brought me along. I was really appreciative of, of the opportunity and, you know, to just travel outside of the States. Usually when I travel, I'm, I'm in these cities for work, so I don't get to stay as long and really embrace the culture and everything. So now I like to go back and really... Did you get to, like, see any of the cities or were you just working the whole time? You didn't really get to kind of party and... I almost got hit a couple of times because I was looking the wrong way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I stepped out in the street and I had a couple English... English people save me. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to be prepared this time. Um, I read a thing that said um, in, in 2013, so a while back now, you won Best International Comedian at the Black Comedy Awards. And I think that was yeah. a UK thing. So it must be so interesting being able to do comedy, like, internationally. I've done, I mean, I've done gigs. In, I, do some, I do comedy myself, and I've done gigs. Oh, in, dope, man. Oh, Let me ask you this. My turn. Let me ask you. So what do you, have you been finding yourself to write lately or what are you, what are you thinking to do? Do you know what? I find it quite hard to get, um, to get inspired when I'm not actually doing comedy. Mm. It tends to be kind of either a gig going well or going badly that inspires me to write. So, right, right. I feel you. I feel you. That, that's kind of where I'm at too. I, I try to make little, uh, little notes in my phone, but the, the best way, yeah, we got we to gotta get on stage to actually feel, feel that stuff. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say doing stuff internationally. Do you find that like I've done gigs in, in London and even like doing a gig in London compared to doing a gig somewhere more rural, you notice that people don't kind of laugh at the same stuff. Was there, did you come to the UK and, and think, oh, so this stuff gets bigger reactions here or maybe this stuff doesn't go down as well? I definitely had to figure out a couple of references and, and, and change some things up because the things I say so candidly here in the States, like... People were just like, what was going on? They, they had no idea, like the first show. And then I made the adjustments and I spoke to a couple of friends that I have there and they told me maybe, let's say local stores or names of different things that I could use that to replace what I do in the States. Um, but what I realized is that the laughter is, is universal, man. So as long as the, the premise of the joke is, is honest, uh, people can connect, you know what I mean? So they, they was able to, they stuck with me. They, I, I liked it, man. I, I would definitely like to go back, man. They were, they were good. I, like I said, I met a lot of cool people um, from working out there, man. So I'm just really, I'm really grateful that people, they, and much as people like to think that we're uh, very different, at the core of it, they're, they're, we're probably more alike than we are different. Oh, I completely so, agree. I, I, yeah, yeah, I get man. It's, I mean, I'd love to know, like, how you got into comedy in the first place. Um, basically, I remember I used to, um, 
I used to do like, I grew up in church and in church we used to have like talent shows. So I remember just doing impersonations for the talent shows. And then um, the, the, I used to, uh, after I graduated high school, I worked for, the, for uh, a big newspaper brand out here called the Los Angeles Times. And I was doing telemarketing. I was calling people, selling the phone, selling the paper by phone. And um, they had a job talent show. They said, yo, you make people laugh on the phone. You should do our talent show. I was like, okay. I did the talent show. My manager of that job said, hey, man, I can get you booked at a club. I was like, all right, I'll try it. So around this time, I'm like 18. I, I experiment with it. I do it. It was okay. I go away to school. I come back. I'm now working as a teacher. In the process of that, um, that's when they were having a fundraiser for the kids, that was for the students. It was a comedy show. And uh, like the assistant principal decided to uh, sign me up to do the show. And when I did it as an adult, like a, when I did it in, like, in my 20s, that's when it, it clicked. Like this is actually something that I, I really want to do and should do. And uh, I started doing open mics in like a year, a year and a half in or so. That's when uh, I met Chris Tucker in a club and somebody introduced me. They said, yo, mate, Chris, you should check out London. And he watched my set. He was performing in the club one night. And then after him, he, he invited me up. I performed my set. We exchanged contact information. He said, man, you know, I want to invite you to be my opener. I was like, all right. So we did that for a few years. And that's kind of my start, man. So it's kind of wild. Wow, that's crazy. So you started out just doing impersonations at a and then someone kind of encouraged you to go further. And then right. doing that, you kind of decided, well, I'll make it my own thing. You met right. Chris Tucker quite early on then. Oh, man, I met, I wasn't, the first time I met Chris Tucker, just, just at, like I saw him, at, I wanted a picture. I was like maybe under a year, but that was all it was. He didn't remember me or nothing. We just took the picture. Um, but by the time we actually exchanged numbers, I was like a year and a half in with doing stand-up. And um, it was just a good, it was just a good match. Like, but mind you, I come from theater. So coming from theater, I was well, my stage presence, I, I was already, if you will, like 10 years past the, the standard comic because of just, I just was already comfortable. So I wasn't stage fright, none of that stuff. So my stage presence and my timing at least was uh, enough to be um, interesting to watch. And then later I developed, I started learning how to write material and, and that sort of thing. So it, it was a process. No, it's, it's interesting though that you say that because a lot of people, you notice a lot of people who come from a performing background when they get up on stage doing stand-up for the first couple of times, you see the confidence. Right yeah, away. absolutely. Like some other people, they might have the writing down and then it's the performing that they have to work on. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's the reverse. But for me, I'm, I'm, I'm glad mine is just the way, mine worked just the way it did. So... If, if, if for me it was it was perfect. I, I I had the stage presence and my stage presence and that kind of thing allowed me to just work the circuit, you know. Um, and then just being around enough comedians, you ask questions and you learn how to write. And you write get a little stronger. And I'm still I'm still working on my writing, you know. Um, 
even, uh, even though I headline now and everything, but I'm still always trying to push it. Because I, I, what happens is I go back and I watch someone special, and it just after I watch a special, like it's so humbling because you just see like the genius in the writing. You be like, man, I, why did I think of that? Or I didn't know. So I'm just trying to definitely step step it up with my writing. I get that. Do you still do impressions? Yeah, I still do them. If people if people ask for them, you know, I I do them. Uh, but I also I they're fun to me sometimes to do. You know, at, at one point when I first started, that was like my whole act, at, you know, one point. Um, but now, I mean, I don't have to do them at all because I have enough material. But if, if sometimes, um, like when I, when I work with club, if they're familiar with me, then they'll request that. They'll be like, oh, man, can you please do this or that? I brought my wife here. And I told her you do that person or whatever. So um, when did they ask for? It just depends on each city. Uh, or where I'm at, like the the one of the popular ones people like when I do a uh, Denzel Washington. They really like um, the fact that you know Denzel is really has a strong voice, uh, low vibrato. He uh, talks about working hard as an actor in Hollywood, and, and, and <laughs> so it just depends. Like it, it all depends. So I do that, but but then when I was touring with Chris Tucker, I mean I can't do it here because it's so loud and fast. But I would do a Chris Tucker impersonation, so people would like. The Chris Tucker um, or Jay Z sometimes. It's really crazy how everything is really, um, it's really crazy with me and Beyonce working hard. So it just, <laughs> it just, it just it, it's, uh, it's a, man, I don't even, actually, I don't even do that any, but the, the ones I do, I think people can appreciate. And, um, but, but also as a, as a, as a comedian, you, we have to make sure that we don't just get stuck in a box. So I made sure that I got away from those so that people would just respect me and not think, oh, I'm just a guy who do voices, you know? So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's my story. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you're such a varied performer as well. Like you said, you, you do not just comedy and acting, but dancing as well. But I feel yeah. like it's not something you've talked about that much in interviews. Um, but I, I, I watched somewhere you said, uh, you said you used to pay the bills through dance, but you didn't really Yeah, I mean... It was just, um, you know, I, when I went, what happened, dance happened because when I went away to school, um, I, had a, uh, I had a gay roommate. Now, the gay roommate, I, we, I knew him because we had, went to, we had went to school in L.A. And so he, we both in the arts program. He was for dance. I was doing theater and I was doing music. And uh, it was four of us from our high school. We, we all ended up at the same college. My roommate got kicked out for selling drugs. His roommate got kicked out for low grades. So they just paired us. And so what happened was he just basically told me, he's like, uh, he encouraged me to do the dance team. And I was like, all right, I guess there was nothing to do on campus. I was like, all right, I, I'll do it. And uh, so I did it that way. And, and I got into dance and started figuring it all out. And then um, so I was teaching classes and just trying to hustle through dance until I figured out this thing called acting. But it was, it's been, um, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, because it, it, it got me through. Nice. So you were doing dancing. Were you, were you, so were you doing dancing and comedy before you did acting then? I was doing, well, first, the initial thing was, was, was the theater in high school. Okay. After theater, I got, when I went to college, I got into dance. And then when I came back, from college, that's when 
uh, the, the theater kicked in. What I realized, the theater worked so well because, I'm sorry, the, the, the comedy worked so well because I realized the same stage uh, gratification that I got from doing theater, I was able to get with doing stand-up. Because stand-up is like, basically, it's just like theater, it's just a one-man act. So those two actually intertwined, they weren't that far apart. And um, that's why the transition for me was very seamless. And so, yeah, I can say when theater, uh, theater, dance, and then back to, uh, or, and, and then into stand-up. And so now that kind of, because of my theater background, it helped me get into uh, what I've always wanted to do, which was the acting. So it, it, all, it all fell in place. Did that seem like, uh, what did the people around you think of your kind of performing aspirations then when you were young? Uh, say it again? When you were young, were the people around you, were they supportive of your kind of aspiration to become a performer? Yeah, I had friends in high school who told me that I should, uh, they said I was funny and that I should do, uh, you know, I should do, I should do this thing. I, was, I got a lot of encouragement to do it because in high school, you know, I was doing the play, so people were familiar with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I also did, um, I also did manifest this, you know, so in high school, I remember signing the yearbooks and I put, you know, actor and comedian. Um, and so I knew, I knew that I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how I was going to do it or when I was going to do it, but I was definitely set on uh, being an artist. So I had a lot, I had a lot of people that encouraged that. Okay, sweet. And then obviously let's fast forward a bit to kind of more recently um, before, before lockdown happened, you'd finished Ballers completely and uh, you'd done the second series of American Soul just recently and uh, presumably you were managing to do comedy and dance alongside that or in between? Uh, for me, well, I, I just haven't had, I hadn't had time to uh, dance uh, or, or really train in that kind of way because of just filming and then doing stand-up. Um, but recently, or not recently, a couple years ago, um, I got called to do a dance show. But the dance show wasn't like a typical dance show. It was a, the, the people, the women that produced it are comedians. And so the dance show was basically a spoof on like these reality TV shows. But they did know that I actually had some sort of background in dance. So I, I did the dance show. So that was one way I was able to include the dance into the comedy. But, but the main thing has been uh, just filming and then uh, doing stand-up. You know, film during the day and then stand-up at night. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Keeping busy then. I'm trying to, you know, because as an artist, we only, you know, we work when we work and then when we don't work, we got to figure it out. It's not like, you're not locked into like a nine to five. So it really is a hustle. You got to, you have to, we have to generate work and we generate work by being, you know, trying to be, trying to do good work, you know? So it's been, I, I'm blessed to be able to still kind of work. Nice. Okay, great. And were you, were you disappointed then when, when ballers came to an end? Did you kind of see that coming? Oh uh, yeah, I knew, I knew it was coming. I knew that just the, just for a show to get five, uh, seasons is a big deal mm. and it was, you know it's a hit show HBO working with the number one actor Dwayne Johnson so I have no complaints about it at all personally um, and I wasn't worried because I, I mean I wasn't spending a bunch of money while I was 
filming the show. So I, I knew I was going to be okay until the next project. I'm just glad the next project, um, that I was prepared in, for the next project. And I had really great agents who made sure that they, um, they did their work to get me the right script. And I did my part, which was to be prepared when I got the script to, to go in there and nail the audition. So it worked out. Nice. And, and then American Soul, I mean, just looks like such an amazing show to work on. Like, not only is it an amazing looking show, but obviously yeah. just like what a story worth telling, you know, like the story of Don Cornelius, who, who owned, you know, Soul Train and risked everything for it. Um, right, right. Gave exposure to so many musicians over the years, you know, like Aretha Franklin, Michael Jackson and, and, and James Brown. But yeah. your character, maybe not everyone knows uh, who, who Bootsy Collins was. Uh, but who, can you explain who, who Bootsy Collins was and, and, and uh, how exactly you tried to, to capture? So, so um, Bootsy Collins was um, a bass guitarist who used to uh, got his major break by playing with uh, playing, playing uh, the guitar for James Brown. So all those funk, uh, all that, the funk records that we get from James Brown, Sex Machine, and and so forth, Boozy Collins was on bass guitar. And um, Boozy Collins later on started his own band and became his own name. I had a chance to actually talk to him uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he hit me on Twitter and just said that he saw some of the images uh, of the show and that he was excited to see to see the project and so I'm playing the legendary Boosie Collins who's still alive today and, and doing well and everything and um, I, you know I, so it's a whole transformation for people who may have seen me on Ballers it's a totally different transformation I have on a, a wig and, 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 and the, the, the long hair the beard the platform shoes I'm, you know and the biggest challenge with that was having to learn uh, the, the, learn the songs. They didn't tell me. I mean, I figured I'd be using the guitar, obviously, but I didn't know that 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 they wanted me to actually learn the music. But I was gonna. I mean, as an actor, you want to do your home your own homework anyway to to learn what you need to learn so that you you do your you do your part justice. But that day, they told me on set that later on that day, I was going to have to you know learn the fingering and the notes and everything. So. I just did as much studying as I could because they sent me the, excuse me, they called and offered me the part. I read the script and then like the next day I was out to film it. Um, but I was actually, it was almost, I was actually kind of like working on two projects at the same time. So I went out to film, I went out to film that and then directly after that went to go film something else. So I was trying to read two scripts at the same time and just trying to, make sure that I was just as prepared for both projects um, since they were like days apart. Um, but I, I, hopefully I did, I did him justice and, but people will enjoy it because it's totally different from Ballers. Yeah, definitely. Definitely quite a different show from Ballers. It's, yep. That's insane. Did you, did, did you, did you learn the guitar? I had, the a, I, had a, I had a guitar a specialist and he came in and we just, he had, an acoustic, he had an acoustic guitar, I had a bass guitar. I just listened to the music on repeat and in between the shots or in between the different scenes, I just was practicing a lot, practicing and just making sure that 
uh, I, I was ready, you know, as best I could, as best I could be within a short amount of time. But uh, shout out to him, man. He, he really did a good job with just helping me understand what was going on. Because musically, I'm aware, uh, I, I am a musician, so I, I, I'm aware of what's going on, you know what I mean? But he really helped me to understand, you know, help me understand uh, just how this all fits together. So major shout out to him and to BET, man. Fantastic, fantastic. I mean, I just think it must be must have been such a great atmosphere on set. Like you can, it sort of plays out on screen. You can see the kind of camaraderie and community between all the actors. But I, I just feel like it must have been so much fun with all of the the music and the costumes and everyone yeah. to work on something like that. Everybody was cool, man. That's the thing about these projects. A lot of the actors, man. That's the first thing I check for when I'm on set. I'm trying to make sure which actors are cool, who has an ego. But nobody had an ego, man. We were really, we had great conversations. Um, we had great conversations after, in between shooting, in between shooting the the scenes. We would, you know, we would just, in the, we would sit in our trailers or the green room, whatever it was. Everybody was really cool. And um, that was really kind of them. And it, it just, just keep it professional, no egos. And so whatever connections we had on screen, those, connect, those connections happened uh, off screen. So it was good. Who who were kind of the best uh, the people you stayed in touch with actually across across all the the things you've worked on doing acting? Um, I still keep in contact with a lot of the cast from Ballers. We're just um, we run into each other sometimes. Well, I mean it's been a while now, but uh, like my best friend on Ballers, he and I still uh, talk. In fact, later on today we have an interview together. Um, so the cast of Ballers, man, and um, if I, if I ever see some, sometimes I'll run into the other actors on maybe sometimes in an audition. So, and then also we got social media. With social media, we do, we do try to support each other. If we see each other um, working on a new, new project, I'll call them and say, hey, man, congratulations, or I'll repost this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's kind of just who I am. I just try to make sure I create the energy that I want to be around. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, to, but to your question, Mostly the people are uh, the cast of ballers, but I can't say that I can't say mostly because again, social media. Uh, I still keep in touch with some of these guys that I've only did maybe if I only shot a scene with them a day or maybe a month or two. We still keep in touch and try to support each other. You should Absolutely. come do the. Uh, you should come do the Edinburgh Festival at some point. I don't know if you know about Edinburgh. Not yet, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna get my have my agents looking to it so I can oh, figure it out, man. It's the, it's the biggest arts festival in the world and it's predominantly a comedy festival and it's, it's, it's August, obviously not taking place this year, but it lasts the whole month and it's just comedy, comedy venues in like every single building in Edinburgh. Right, absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk a bit about you, you, uh, you actually mentor kids and speak at uh, after school programs sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I try to do that, man. I think it's important for me being someone who grew up um, in the hood that I go back and I encourage other young people that they can make it out. And um, I try to give them a couple skills and, and, and I would teach, when I, when I used to teach, I used to teach um, a plethora of classes, but I just wanted them to leave or to develop some sort of skill because if you can work with your hands, you can always you know, feed yourself. And so that that's very important for me to do uh, youth youth work like that. Okay, amazing, man. 
Hey, listen, thanks so much for talking to me today. Um, we've just about run out of time, but... Uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate you taking time to talk to me, man. No worries. Um, thanks so much, everyone, for listening to the Student Pages podcast. Catch you next time.